0: Hello and welcome to episode eight of the sideline to sideline podcast. I am your host Ryan and today it looks like it's going to be a solo show as I conclude the week with episode four of four for our DraftKings opening week set of shows. Today we're going to talk about the wide receivers and tight ends and today is going to be a quick one obviously as it is only myself but first we're going to start with the top five wide receivers on the slate price wise. First up, I'm going to get right into it. We're going to talk about Michael Thomas. He draws one of the best matchups in the week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have the best run defense in the league. Michael Thomas scored 28.4 and 44.2 in his two outings against them last year. He had double-digit targets in both games. He's a safe cash bet for cash games. He's also a tournament pool pick, but it's going to be kind of hard to stack him with CMC at 10K and Michael Thomas at 9,000 so you have to have a lot of cheap plays to make it work. But it could be an interesting stack if you put those two together. He offers a high floor and a very high ceiling, especially if Emmanuel Sanders isn't as effective as we expect him to be and steal away targets, and Tampa Bay shuts down Kamara like they did all opposing rushers last season. But we already knew that he had a high floor and a high ceiling after his record-shattering season last year. Well, so that does it for the first spot. Moving in at number two, we got Julio Jones, Julio actually played Seattle last year and he had a fair amount of success against them. He had 28.2 DraftKings points and it'll be interesting to see how many touches they'll give Julio this week as they have newcomer Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst. And they also have to see the uptick that Calvin Ridley may get, which everyone is expecting and using high draft picks on in season long. But it'll be interesting to see how they spread out the touches there. There was a recent report that they're trying to give Julio Jones more red zone work, which with the physical beast that he is, is never a bad thing. So this game has the highest over under on the slate. I know we previously reported it was New Orleans, Tampa Bay, but it looks like Seattle Atlanta overtook it because of the Mike Evans injury, which we're going to talk about a little more in detail later, but that moves us on to our third highest highest-priced player with Devontae Adams at 7.3 thousand. How many targets is Adams going to get week one? That is the golden question. As Green Bay had one of the most puzzling off seasons, I feel like out of all 32 teams, their NFL draft, they drafted a quarterback in the first round, which, you know, that happens. They do have Aaron Rodgers, but people draft the understudies to sit behind and get mentored by veteran quarterbacks, just like Aaron Rodgers was with Brett Favre. And their second round selection, they picked a running back. Free my man, Aaron Jones. I've been spitting that all week. Just free my man, Aaron Jones. He's such a good runner. You don't need A.J. Dillon a premium pick to take over Jones' workload. He doesn't need someone else behind him besides Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is enough to back up Aaron Jones. But as for Devontae Adams, he had 16 total targets against the Vikings last year, which was his personal season high. Is Lazard going to break out? That's something we have to look at and examine. I don't think he has personally. I feel like Devontae Adams is going to get 15 plus targets in this game. I feel like he's going to hit 15. And it's just a good matchup for him as he had success last year. And there's no one else in the passing game. I don't think Jay Sternberger is going to take much of a role. I think the only threat to Devontae Adams' touchdown ability is Aaron Jones and the occasional Jamal Williams. I feel like Devontae Adams is a great tournament play week one. I also feel like he's a high floor as well with the amount of targets he's going to get. I feel like he's a good cash game play. If you want to pivot away from Michael Thomas, save a little bit elsewhere, or you want to play McCaffrey, there's a lot of good options on this slate, but this brings me into our fourth wide receiver, which is Chris Godwin, which speaking of Mike Evans, I have to bring him back up here. His injury designation has had a huge impact on this game. If Evans sits, Marshawn Lattimore is going to be put on Chris Godwin and he's going to get the Lattimore treatment which makes it a little difficult. He's going to get probably more volume, but he's going to be less efficient on his targets. But this game is going to be a shootout. We've said it all week. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Game of the week. This is one we're looking forward to tomorrow. But if Evans is out, I am going to say this now, I have a cheaper play coming later that I like a lot more than Godwin. I still feel like Godwin is probably going to score more points than my cheap play. But for their price ranges and price values, I feel like it's a better option. And since we're going through the top five, Chris Godwin was number four, Devontae Adams three, Julio two, MT one. There's a tie at five. So I want to talk a little bit on both guys. One is DeAndre Hopkins, new team. He doesn't have a great matchup though, but Kyler didn't struggle against the 49ers last year in his rookie season. He had actually one of his best games of the season against the 49ers. And then when it comes out, he has Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, who finished last season on an absolute tear to win a lot of people their fantasy titles. He wouldn't want to meet mine, but I got knocked out by fellow host Dalton in round one where he put up 210 points. Not a good memory to look back on, but hey, it's fantasy football, man. You win some, you lose some. But this is a little risky play for DeAndre Hopkins as he's probably going to get matched up against Richard Sherman all game. So this is a wait and see. I think there's better options on the slate. I'd rather pay up for running back preferably, but funny enough, DeAndre Hopkins last played the 49ers in 2018 and he had a huge game. I'm not, you know, pretty much stock into this, but he had 11 for 149 and two touchdowns. You never know. It, it could happen again. DeAndre Hopkins is definitely talented and he's definitely grateful as well as we saw with that tweet supposedly about the Jimmy Fallon show, but we all know it's because the Texans lost to the chiefs on Thursday night football because football is back. And now a little bit on Mike Evans. I don't have much on him because I don't think he's going to play. He's a true game time decision. He was upgraded to questionable, which is okay for fantasy owners because if he plays, he might get Martian Lattimore put on him, like I said. And who knows, they might just use him as a decoy. For a little under 7K, I don't want decoys. But if you want to be really risky and take the super low-owned player, Mike Evans is your guy. Like I said, game's going to be high scoring. Mike Evans is going to get At least a few targets if he plays. I don't know how much they're going to target Gronk. Who knows about this Buccaneers offense, what it's really going to look like. We know Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both finished top 10 last year in fantasy points. But now you add a Gronk who is Brady's favorite target in New England. Or you could argue second favorite target to Edelman, depending on how you look at it. You also have Ronald Jones coming back. You have Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Do they want to include O.J. Howard and Cameron Brady in the passing game? I'd shy away from Tampa Bay and daily a little bit. I'd still have some exposure to them because obviously they're in the second highest scoring game of the day projected by Vegas. I'd just go a little light on them compared to the consensus. I'm not saying fade them completely because that'd just be not smart when it comes to daily fantasy, especially a Millie maker, but you got to differentiate somewhere. Mike Evans is the one you want to do it with on the Buccaneers offense for the wide receiver position. But that is the top five wide receivers for salary purposes heading into Sunday's slate. And now I got a couple of value plays that I want to talk about. I got to bring up my boy, Deshaun Jackson at 4.9 thousand. He only played one full game last year, but it was against Washington. And boy, did he deliver 38.4 DraftKings points, eight receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. And now there's no Sanders tomorrow, as that recently came out. Looks like a nagging hammy. Boston Scott's going to get the start. Who knows? Wentz might be slinging the ball a little more. And he's got more speed around it because Rager is playing tomorrow. So maybe DJX can make a big impact again. They can't focus all of their coverage on DJX with the speed because Rager also brings the speed. And who knows? John Hightower might get some playing time as well over JJ Orsega Whiteside. So the Eagles might have a lot of speed on the field and they can't cover it all. So we will see what deshaun jackson does against washington i'm very excited for the game eagles football is back obviously no i'm an eagles fan and i just hope they come out and not go down 17 in the first two quarters like last time they always do it to me every time but i'm still a diehard fan at heart and i always will be so moving on to marvin jones jr this is another one impacted by injury he is 5.5 thousand. no kenny galladay tomorrow which means Marvin Jones is the clear number one with no clear number two option in the wide receiver room. Maybe it's Marvin Hall, Quintez Cephas that everyone's hyping up. I don't know. This Marvin Jones plays a plug and play and hopefully get what he did against the Vikings last year where he scored not one, not two, not three, but four times against the Vikings. Maybe Matt Stafford just looks his way the whole game or maybe they turn to a run first kind of scheme for the running back with AP joining the running back room with Deandre Swift and carry Johnson. Who knows if he's healthy to get ready to go. That's more of a lottery pump play. I don't like that one as much as I like DJx. I'll rank them all once I am done here. But then you have the math. The Eagles are facing tomorrow. As much as I like Steven Sims, I like scary Terry a little bit more, just a little bit more of a price increase at 5.6. Scary Terry had at least 26.5 DK points in both of his games against the Eagles last year. Is Haskins going to make the year two jump? A lot of quarterbacks do. He earned one of the five captain slots for the Washington football team. So congrats to him, by the way, I want to see everyone succeed in the league, but scary Terry had the Eagles number last year. And let's see if that clip of Rager burning slay is legit or not. Let's see if scary Terry does it to slay tomorrow in actual game action because Rager just looks insane in practice and, that might be a little bit of my bias coming out, but Scary Terry's a play that I really like tomorrow. DJ Shark, it's not much of a value, but I've been advocating for Gardner Minshew. I threw out Chris Thompson's name. It only makes sense that I throw out the wide receiver one for the offense that I've been advocating this whole week because if Minshew's going to throw it 50 times, I don't think D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, and LaVisca Chenault are going to hog that many targets along with Chris Thompson. DJ Sharks going to get the majority of the looks. I know the Colts are going to be... Shade towards him, but Shark is a really good matchup and I really like the Minshew Shark stack. I'm all in on that this week. I'll be playing that at a couple of million maker lineups, hoping it hit big this week. But I think he's gonna be a little chalkier because even though he is a little priced up, he's a little higher than favorites like Marquise Brown, Odell Beckham at five nine. Even Henry Rogue is gonna get some looks at five one. I feel like TJ Shark is gonna be not heavily owned but own just enough that you won't gain too much on the rest of the field if he has a big day, but you'll still gain enough. Next up, we have Paris Campbell. This is self-explanatory. Philip Rivers' checkdown season. We saw what Austin Eckler did last year. I'm not saying Paris Campbell is going to be Austin Eckler by any means because, of course, they play two different positions. But Paris Campbell is going to get a majority of the work in the slot, and he's going to be running those short routes while T.Y. Hilton focuses on the deep routes – and if Paris Campbell could, you know, lock up that slot role like he has and get a decent target share, he could have a monster year and he could have a monster game week one against, you know, a largely torn apart Jacksonville defense. There's not much left there outside of Miles Jack. Somebody saved my man, Miles Jack. Going to start that petition soon. But I really like that play this week. I'm going to be owning him a couple of lineups. he will probably be towards the bottom of the list when I rank them. But lastly, we have Scotty Miller. Now you're probably asking, who is Scotty Miller? Well, Scotty Miller plays for the Buccaneers, And this is a contingent on if Mike Evans sits. If Mike Evans sits, Scotty Miller is the number three target in the passing game behind Gronk and Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller had a great camp. Scotty Miller was forming a great connection with Brady. It's been talked about with reports. It's likely that he won the slot job straight up over Justin Watson. He could be in for a big day, and I know we've all seen that video of him catching, what was it, seven or eight footballs with two hands at the same time. Oh, my gosh. He was juggling all seven, and he still managed to catch an eighth, I believe. Man's got crazy hands, and hopefully he could produce with Tom Brady. We all know Tom Brady doesn't like to look down the field too much, so maybe Scottie Miller could be his guy in this slot. I'm not even going to throw out the comparison to Edelman. I know I brought it up, but I, it's not gonna not going to happen. He's not going to be an Edelman but Scotty Miller is a great DK play if Mike Evans sits, even if he doesn't sit. Great pump play at 4,000, not the men. 4,000 is the men for the running backs. But Scotty Miller is a great play at 4,000. So to rank these guys, I would have to go Scary Terry 1. This is a little bit based on value, a little bit based on what I think they're going to do. I'm going to go d at 2 for the value. I think he's going to have a big game tomorrow. I'm going to go Shark at 3. Scotty Miller at four, Marvin Jones at five, and Paris Campbell at six. So we got Scary Terry, Djax, Shark, Scotty Miller, Marvin Jones, and Paris Campbell. That's how I'm ranking these guys. But anyway, let's get in the tight end plays. Now, I have to bring up George Kelly's a top tight end on the slate. But honestly, with CMC and MT being as highly priced as they are, I'd have to look somewhere else from Kittle. I feel like Kittle's obviously going to have a big game. No Travis Kelsey on the slate as he played Thursday. Had a nice little game there. But I just feel like you could find value on the slate. Three guys I'm looking at are Chris Herndon, Jack Doyle, and TJ Hawkinson. I think all have high ceilings. TJ Hawkinson could be number two in the passing game. He could even be number one. Tight ends usually make the leap in year two and he was the 10th pick in the draft for a reason. And also the Sammy Watkins comparison. You never know. Sammy Watkins had a big week one this year. He had a big week one last year. TJ Hawkinson had 28.2 draftings points week one last year. So he's shown the talent. Can you repeat? We'll find out tomorrow. And also TJ Hawkinson against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are very bad at guarding the tight end position. So TJ Hawkinson is a fantastic play in that aspect as well. Chris Herndon is my favorite play of the week. I'm just going to say it now. He might be the number one option in the Jets passing game, but hopefully him and Sam Darnold can build on that connection from 2018, which is forever ago because Chris Herndon missed basically the whole 2019 season. He had one catch all of last year, and they had a good training camp as well. So high ceiling, if Herndon gets the targets, gets the catches – Maybe they're just going to lean on him all year and you'll have a tight end of value for the first couple of weeks of the season. And my last one, Jack Doyle. I feel like Jack Doyle has highest floor, lowest ceiling out of these three. But at the same time, I feel like he's the most likely to catch a touchdown because that's how Jack Doyle is. Like I said, the underneath stuff for Phillip Rivers, Jack Doyle could maybe absorb that. He could take up the Hunter Henry role in Philip Rivers' offense. And now that Eric Ebron's gone, Jack Doyle is going to get all the work at tight end. He doesn't have to split time anymore. So honestly, if I'm ranking them there, I go Herndon, Hawkinson, Doyle, all their great plays at 4.2K and under as Hawkinson's 4.2, Herndon's 3.3, and Doyle's 3.6. I think they're all fantastic plays to save money at the tight end position so you don't pay up for a Zachers, a George Kittle, a Mark Andrews type of player who, don't get me wrong, those three are probably going to have good games tomorrow but you need to spend that money somewhere else. CMC is a lot of money this week on the slate. Michael Thomas is a lot of money on the slate. You got to play one of those two guys. And obviously it's CMC, as we said, but Michael Thomas is also a good option and who knows. So I wish everyone the best of luck on their DraftKings week one lineups. I hope someone that listens to this podcast hits the millie maker, wins a lot of money. Uh, Some of my advice, that's all I could ask for. I hope everyone has a great week one of the NFL season and for the sideline to sideline podcast. We'll see you next time.